B'Shem Hashem Nasev Natsiach. It's Rosh Chodesh Elul. Selichot are starting right after Shabbat. So we wanted to uh, give a shir about the importance of Selichot, some Kabbalistic thing from the great Rabbi Mutzafi Shlita. Such a special and unique, uh, like one of my colleagues says, he writes whatever you don't write it, find in any other sefer. So this shir is, uh, topic number one is a Kabbalistic idea of why we say Selichot, and is it, uh, are we allowed to say slichot, um, you know, on the first beginning of the night? You know, cause some people, I was actually, uh, talking to somebody in San Diego, he said, yeah, Saturday night we say slichot at 10 p.m. There's a big, big, uh, controversy, Kabbalistically, if one is allowed to say slichot, uh, from, uh, Arvit, nightfall till midnight. Cause after midnight for sure it's okay. So, the reason why we say Slichot is very simple because Ani Ledodi, we Dodili, we want to go back. Teshuva means returning back to Hashem. Through the summer, people may have had too much fun under the sun. And uh, they kind of maybe forgot that what's the, uh, like we were saying, the Misat Yesharim, what's the main focus of our life? Kihem Chayenu. The, the davening and learning and serving Hashem and carrying out the mitzvot. So he says it's a minhag from thousands of years ago that people used to wake up in the wee hours before sunrise uh, to confess their sins. Why? Because the first person that did such a thing that asked was successful in beseeching and granting forgiveness from Hashem was Moshe. Moshe on the Rosh Chodesh Elul went up so Hashem should forgive us of the sin of the golden calf, right? And on Yom Kippur, He brought us back the Torah. The second uh, Ten Commandments. So, these days are very auspicious and special days that a person could become uh, a spiritual giant and really get close to Hashem and get a lot of salvation. And they said that Rabbeinu Arizal, our, our greatest mentor for how to be a perfect Jew, because he was a uh, reincarnation of the Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, and everything we do is Minhag min Arizal. He said that, that Arizal was very, very meticulous to say the words of Slichot in a very precise and, you know, meaningful way. That, you know, to say them very... Uh, Carefully, to know what he was saying, and the, the 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 issue that I found fascinating is that the um, kabbalistically it's brought down that the summer months from the spring going forward into the summer, kabbalistically every month of the year is related to another part of our body. So, for example, the month of Nisan is like our skull, our head. The month of um, Sivan and Iyar is like our two ears. Tammuz and Av are like our two eyes. It's a Kabbalistic relationship into... And Elul is very interesting. The month of Elul, which we say Slichot the whole Elul, is... Kabbalistically corresponding to our nose. 
the energy of it is the energy of smell. And the Zohar says that, just like when we bring a korban to Hashem, it says, Reyach nichoach, right? It says pleasure, right? What makes Hashem happy? Kivyachal, so to speak. God doesn't have a body, but Hashem says, I smell the thing of your korban. Like, or like it says in Tehillim, that Tehilato echtomlach. So this idea of serving Hashem, of Reyach nichoach, is corresponded to Elul because it corresponds that spiritual part of our neshama, of our, um, you know, nose. Now, the the next thing to keep in mind is is that um, even though Rav Avadia does write that uh, uh, the uh, somebody that finds that if he goes to Slichot, he can't do his job properly, especially Rebbe or Tamid Chacham, that is true, but still Rav Mutsafi brings here that the Chidah, Marana Chidah, which is one of the greatest giants of the Sephardic Gedolim, and I'll read to you what he writes verbatim in Birke Yosef, Siman Tav Kuf Pe'alef, Sifkatan Vav, he says, Yoter Tov Yamim Elu Laharbot Slichot Etachnuim Ima Sibur Milalimot. He says, uh, uh, the older I'm getting, the more I realize one of the most important rules of the road in life is, you know what? Davar be'itomatov, right? The the greatness of a person, and Ravolba talks about this a lot in Alishur, is to be a bardas, right? To 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 have sensitivity and um, our common sense and our das, our intuition, and to realize that there's a timing. Timing in life is everything. Hashem should always help us to be at the right time, at the right place, and have good mazal. So the Chidah says that basically since the um, the energy of this month is get a prayer, he says that it is more appropriate to say slichot with a minyan than to learn rather. So one can't say, oh well, you know, slichot is just a minhag, and learning Torah is the most powerful mitzvah, right? So why, one could argue that you know, instead of saying slichot, I'll go to learn that extra hour. No, that's not our custom. We need to find, you know, and and just to f- finish off with one last thing I saw in Rabbi Mutsafi, he brings another very important idea that uh, Sephardic should only dive in Sephardic slichot, right? It's very important that we should keep our own minhagim, and there's such beautiful melodies for the Sephardic slichot. There was a gentleman at my Shabbos table last week, Shabbat table, he was even half Sephardi, his father was Ashkenazi, but he loved the melodies. He said that when he went, uh, he was dating his wife actually, and they went to the Kotel after their date, and they happened to be Slichot time, and he said he was just, he couldn't, it was like a magnet for him. He, Even though he was, he's, you know, most of the stuff he does is Ashkenazi, because his father's Ashkenazi, but um, one should not change you know, um, just like one should not change his uh, minhag regarding uh, davening, for sure, slichot, the same thing. It's a yeshiva bachrim. Anybody should, if you're Ashkenazi, daven Ashkenazi slichot. If you're Sephardic, slichot. Now, what's the best time to daven slichot? So this also is a very interesting thing, Rabbi Mutafi brings. I never knew this. He says the most auspicious time is before sunrise, which is very hard. I myself, unfortunately... Most of the time cannot do that, but he says there's a Gemara in Abu Dazara 
It says Hashem goes to to um, eighteen thousand different worlds, and in the last three hours of the night, his shechina is very comes to this world to come and start have mercy on it. So since Hashem shechina is the most powerful right before sunrise. So that's why uh, those uh, all-stars, those heroes of mine that get up 4 or 5 in the morning, 4 in the morning to do slichot before, it's uh, it's marvelous. And, you know, the Arizal brings a very interesting thing that I, this I never knew. He says in the month of Elul, a special pipeline in the heavens opens up 13 pipes corresponding to the 13 attributes, which is, you know, by the way, I would be doing you a disservice. The Ben Ishchai says something very important. Especially in our generation, where I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but most of us have a collective ADHD. He says one has to realize the all-star highlight of Slichot is the Yag Midot, right? The 13 Midot. And that's really one should put a lot of energy and effort to say those with Kavana. So the Arizal says that the reason why Slichot uh, at dawn, before sunset is so um, auspicious and special and powerful. And by the way, this I could attest to. Last year I did Slichot before Mincha, and it did not, there's a special magic in there when you do do get, when you do put that energy and get up 4 or 5, sometimes 3.30, like, you know, because it says there's 12 pipelines of holiness in heaven, of mercy, it says in the Zohar, it's called Taharitzim, these pipelines, that are open only in the month of Elul and the 40 days of Slichot at that specific time of dawn, before sun, sunrise. And that's when all the uh, good guardian angels speak good about the nation of Israel. And they try to beseech God, our guardian angels, that we, to, 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 like Michael, Sar Israel. So he says, since that's the time that the angels anyways are telling God to have mercy on the nation of Israel. And these special pipelines of mercy, 13 pipelines, can I get the Yagmi daughter open at specifically at the time of when? Before sunrise. Before sunrise. So that's why the most beautiful time. Now the question is, some people, just as a matter of practicality, um, I know my neighbor used to do this when I was in uh, West LA, Santa Monica area. They like to have a slichot service in their house. And the most convenient time is Sunday night, right? Or, so, is one allowed to have a slichot service for lack of a better reason, because of convenience, right after Arvit, the first half of night. Like what I've seen people do is they throw a fancy dinner, catered dinner, and then, um, at like um, 10 o'clock, they start Slichot. So, Rav Avadya brings a very important uh, thing from the Zohar in Chayesara. He says, one has to realize that the beginning of the night, right, when it's light out, means God is um, showering the world, judging the world. In a sense of light, you understand? With kindness. Because it says, Yomam Yitzaveh Hashem Hasto in Tehilim. But 
But from the time of Mincha, as the sun starts to set and darkness comes, also in the spiritual world, in the heavenly world, God God starts to analyze our sins, and God is more on the seat of judgment, you know. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of murders and, you know, it's Kabbalistically, the energy at night, unless you're learning Torah, is a very, a lot of people do the worst sins at night, you know, all the robbers and bandits and, Red light districts and you know the bad bad stuff that we want to do teshuva from and come far far away, um, you know, starts at night. So therefore, the 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 issue over here is that like when the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, it says in the Zohar that it was like a very dark and cloudy day. You understand how a person? I, most people are like this, you know, when it's a beautiful. Crystal blue day, you know, and sun, and it's so jolly, and everybody's in a good mood. But on a cloudy, dark, dark, cloudy day, it shows that even during the day, since Hashem was about to destroy the most precious asset in this world, his Bet Hamikdash, it was a cloudy and dark day. It means it was Gevurot. Hashem was judging the nation of Israel, and you know, basically telling them you don't deserve it. Now, one has to also be aware of one very important thing. From midnight, already the shine of... That's a very, very holy time, the Zohar says. And that's again a time where God, with the Sadiqim, the Zohar says, Hashem has beautiful, beautiful um, yeshiva time in the heavens and learns with the Sadiqim. And it's a very positive time. It's not a negative time. But the first half of night is when God is, it's a cloudy, dark time where God is judging the world. And that's why exactly, why did King David write, when did King David, David write Tehillim? From midnight. Because from midnight on is a time that is very holy and special and kindness is in the air. And so the issue over here is that it's very clear from the Arizal, from the Zohar, from the Chidah. The Chidah says, based on this, since the Arizal and the Zohar, the greatest Kabbalists say, Rab Shimon Bar Yochai said, the night, what are we, what are we asking God for forgiveness, right? But like I said, in life, Davar Be'itomatov, timing is everything. I just want to say off the record, why I'm so obsessed with this thing of timing is everything. You know, sometimes, Men were fooling around their entire life. They come to me as their rabbi. They're 50, 60 years old. And now they want to have a family and kids. So who's going to marry them? And they want a 20-year-old girl that's good enough to be their granddaughter or daughter. You understand? One has to realize in the spiritual world also, there's appropriate time for everything. Basically, Kabbalistically speaking, since it's judgment and it's cloudy and dark, and it's a time where the negative angels are saying, uh, giving the laundry list of all our sins in the first half of the night. The Chidah basically says it's not appropriate to say Slichot. And I told you, the highlight of Slichot is what? The Yagmidot, of mercy. <laughs> it's kind of mixing milk and meat together, for lack of a better... Right. The energies don't mix. So therefore, the um, Ariza writes... That one should not say, uh, you know, midot. That's why if somebody dams in min chalate, 
you know, you shouldn't say Yad Midot anymore. You could say it 13 and a half minutes after sunset, but after that, it's already 15, 20 minutes after sunset. Can you say the Yad Midot 13 minutes? No. So there's one of the great Kabbalists, the uh, Rav Moshe Zechut. So he's the one that basically goes to really, really um, disqualify and discourage people from saying Slichot in the first half of the night. And I'll read for you what he says. He says that judgment is very powerful in the first half of the night. And a person that wants to ask God for mercy at that time, it's like, you know, let me explain to you a beautiful parable. In the middle of the wedding, does somebody, somebody come with a black shirt and act like uh, somebody that's mourning, that's a funeral? Right. It's not appropriate. It's like, it's a somber time, the first half of the night. So, the uh, it's the time of judgment, and you're trying to turn turn the spiritual word upside down by saying slichot. So he says, anybody that has even a minute understanding of Torah Tchem, the Kabbalistic stuff, knows that somebody that says slichot at the wrong time of the night is kind of like trying to uproot the heavenly. It's like almost. He's like an apostate. It's very bad. It's not just bad. It's oh, like, wow. it's like, uh, because you're, you're, it's like, you know, you're coming to a wedding in a bathing suit. It's like very, very imp- inappropriate. So he says the right time to say Sichot is early in the morning, like we accept, it said, and, um, that's when it's going to get accepted. Obviously, see, Kabbalistically, we want to ask Hashem to forgive us, right? But if it's, if, not to say that Hashem is like a person, God forbid, but God created the world, the, the angelic and spiritual world, that that's the time of prosecution, not the pro- time of forgiveness, right? So he says that, um, he says that therefore people that have the custom of unfortunately wanting to be lazier for, you know, just for convenience, they want to do slichot at the beginning half of the night, it's the, they should yell at them, the gedolim. The leaders mm-hmm. of the generation should discourage them, and they should nullify, like chametz, or mm-hmm. their get rid of this custom because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. He says all the kabbalists forbid anybody from doing slichot in the first half of the night, mm-hmm. and that's who we live upon. And who's greater than the Arizal and the Zohar and the Chida? which was also a great Kabbalist. And basically, this psak of the Rab Moshe Zechut and the Chida is brought down by all the mainstream postkim, Ashkenazim also. Who are they? The Mogan Avram concurs with this. Like we said, the Chida, he says it in a few places, in Avarat Kodesh, of Chaim Pilaji, which was 70 books, the chief rabbi of Turkey, one of the great Sephardic Achron in the Shalmi Sibur, the Mate Prime, and none other than Mishabura. I just looked up the Mishnah Bura. The Mishnah Bura says that, um, for sure, right? We said the highlight of Slichot, which one should put his most precise and powerful kavana, is in the Yagmidot. Hashem, Hashem, Kel Rachel, Mechanu, Ner Chapayim, Rav Chesed, Nemet. The Chavetz Chaim says it's absolutely forbidden to do that at night, the first half of night. 
So Slichot, if you want to look up the Mishnah Brura, the Chavitz Chaim, our Kohen so Gadol. So, so why do people start it on, uh, like on a Motzei, whatever? No, they, they, no, no, the Yeshivisha people, they do it after Chatzot on Motzei Shabbat. Oh, really? Yeah. If you want to look up the Mishnah Brura, it's very clear. Um, it's actually in the laws of Ta'anit, which he's talking about the Yagmidot. And then he says one should never say the Yagmidot, even for Slichot, at first half of night. That's in chapter Ta Kuf Samechei Katan Yudbet. So, I, Rabbavadya, argues on Yom Kippur we say Slichot at night. So, yeah, but that's Yom Kippur. He says no, exactly. He says you're mixing apples and oranges. Yom Kippur is a spiritually, the whole day God is there to forgive us, right? Totally different. It's a whole a whole different... There, Kabbalistically, night is day, day is night. There, even the dead people, the people that are deceased, are getting judged. Right? That's why it's Yom Kippurim. God forgives the living and the dead. No. So, that's actually, you're mixing up apples and, and, and oranges, you know, more like uh, watermelons and blueberries. It's a totally different thing. And you know the Satan even doesn't have power to prosecute on Yom Kippur. You know that. Because uh, there's 365 days in the year, and Satan is begun after 664, 364. So there's one day in the year that his mouth is shut, shut off. Like it says in Yuma. And uh, that's clear in the Arizal. So the same Rav Moshe Zechut, the Ramaz, goes so far to say that it's so destructive to do Slichot in the first half of night, he said, if you're stuck in a minion of people that are unfortunately not enlightened and don't know what we learned tonight in our shir, he said, you should be like a golem. You should, either you should abandon the shul that are hoarding this um, against halacha, against Kabbalah services. Don't answer the yagmidot. Or just leave. He says, it, he says, you shouldn't join in them. You shouldn't be partners in crime with them. Wow. Because he, he's Kabbalistically, see again, like we were saying, the Misalas Yisharim. Sometimes you do something that's standard, then there's Mahadrin, and then there's something that's wrong. Right. Kabbalistically, this is very wrong because it's not the appropriate time. It's like trying to daven arvit when it's daytime. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's milk and meat. You're, yeah. Yeah. the energies are not flowing, and um, so Rav Avadi is not happy with the Psaka of Rav Moshe because Rav Moshe Feinstein holds that it is allowed. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, for those that want to look up, we like to give our Mahadura Tenyana uh, 105 in Teshuvah 105. It says that, you know, if people for lack of uh, time, this is the communion time for them. And either it's either they do it in the first half of the night or they're not going to have another minion. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Moshe says it's fine, you could do it in the first half of the night. Because he says that the Gemara doesn't say it's wrong, so it's a Kabbalistic thing. There's nothing in Shas that forbids it. Mm-hmm. So he says, of course, it would be more powerful. Even Rav Moshe agrees that it would be more powerful and meaningful if one did it, you know, in the uh, appropriate time. But he says you can't answer it like the way Rav Moshe Zechud and Rav Avadi in the Kabbalah, right? Because Rav Moshe Zechud is going so far as to say that you shouldn't even answer it, right? If they're doing holding the services, you should either leave or... Um, you know, be like a golem, be like a stone, and not answer. Yeah, non-responsive. Non-responsive. Now, it happens to be 
that um, the uh, Ben Ishchai also concurs with uh, what Rav Avadi and the, the Kabbalists are saying. He's saying that no, it's better. So is, this comes out of Machlokis. Most poskim hold that uh, it's better not to say slichot. See, the question is, is it better not to say slichot other, or, or should you say, it says it comes out according to Rav Avadi and the Benishka and the Arizal and all these Kabbalistic things, it's better not to say it altogether than to say it in the first half of night, mm-hmm. which is a mistake I've seen a lot of people do make. Because the convenient time is that, but we'll see amazing, amazing glitch. That now there's there's another fascinating thing, which I'm so good. A good friend is the most precious thing in the world. He enlightened me. The question that comes up for so if you live in Israel for sure, if there's a minyan first half of the night, do not attend it. Slichot, it's does more harm than good, and we're trying to do teshuvah and do good things, right? The the question is though, how do you calculate chatzot? Is it in heaven? Because the heart of the world is Yerushalayim. So, for example, us in Los Angeles or New York, when it's uh, midnight in Israel, what's the story? When it's midnight for us, right? In Eretz Yisrael, it's not the first half of the night. Good morning. So do do you determine... So this is a machokis Rav Avadya brings between the different poskim, between the um, Yehuda Ya'ale and the Aruga Saboisim and the Achreinim. Some hold that actually you're lucky if you're outside of Israel regarding this one thing. The um, Which means some poskim hold that we calculated based on the midnight of Israel. Because heaven will follow what the heart of the Jewish nation is, which is Yerushalayim, mm-hmm. which is the light of the world, or Yerushalayim. So therefore, for example, when Rav Avadya Yosef had a slichot, um, if people in New York were watching it live, or people in Europe, for them it was the first half of the night, right? Because they're like in London, or you have you have thousands of... You have, you have tens of thousands of Svartim living in France and England. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are they allowed to answer in this sat- live satellite? You understand? So some posts can say, no, you have to calculate. So it's very interesting. My friend, Rabbi uh, Motamedi, which is a great Tamachacham and a great source of information, he told me that Rabbi David Yosef asked his father, because he used to go fundraising to these communities in Europe, and he said, Father... People, tens of thousands of people internationally used to watch Rav Avadi's shir on Saturday nights, the Leviathan shir, right? And during the 40 days of slichot, every Saturday night, he used to do beautiful slichot. So should they, can they, uh, see Rav Avadi also holds that if you're, a, it's a live broadcast of slichot, you can answer. Right? Oh, okay. You can participate remotely. So, um, it happens to be, that uh, Rav David Yosef said that his father told him, you can tell these people in Europe that they can't participate. Why? Because they're up and watching my shiur, and as, as with Rav Obadia and by the Kotel, and you know, 
it's a it's a very meaningful one. Because if you look at all of Rav Ovadia's books and Chazan Ovadia, he's not clear. He's a little bit ambiguous. Like, in the end of the day, how do you calculate it? Do you calculate it locally, Chatzot? So that means anywhere in the world, the first half of the night is forbidden. But if you go according to the train of thought that we calculate by Jerusalem, right? Yeah. So if you happen to be in Europe mm-hmm. and you're watching a live slichot with Rabbi Elbaz or Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef now, Shlita, can you participate? So uh, it's... Um, Rav uh, David Yosef said that his father said that if you it's, if it's uh, since it's Kimitzion Torah and you uh, it's very uplifting for the people that want to do it they can be lenient mm-hmm. and uh, another one of the Avbetins of Rav Ovadia's uh, close Talmidim also one time he was in uh, in a Euro European country. And they told him hundreds of people will come to your shir if you give it a 10 and you do slichot like 11, which is an hour before. Mm-hmm. So according according to the Israeli time, it was uh, chatzot, but the local European time it wasn't. So he was also lenient. So it comes out that, um, you know, this is this halacha is more for, for, for Israel. That Kabbalistically, you shouldn't have the first half of night. Wow. Other other places. So just to wrap up, Rabbi Vadi also does suggest that another very good time to have slichot is before mincha. Sometimes, like me personally, if I don't get my eight hours of sleep, or you know, you get drained and you become like a zombie. But okay, you take a half hour, forty five minutes before mincha. Mincha is at that time of year, seven o'clock p.m. So you come half hour before seven, you know, six thirty. And he says, ah, you, you want to argue that Mincha um, already is the time of judgment. He says, that's not true. And he, gets, he, says, he brings a beautiful proof. You know, Kabbalistically, the Ariza wouldn't give stuck at night. Because again, it's not an appropriate time. He would, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mitzvah to always give stuck before you daven. It's based on the Gemara Baba Batra. That um, you're showing Hashem that you're a giver. And so before you daven Shvon Esrei, like, you know, Vayevech David, we put three coins in the stucker box and before Mincha also. He says, I need the Sedech Echsepanecha. Dariza would not give. So he says, just to, to, um, review, comes out like this. The best time, like we saw from Rabu Tzafi, there's, there's, there's this very amazing time in the month of Elul that a special gate in heaven, the gates of 13 attributes of mercy opens right at dawn. Before sunrise, that's the best time. The second best time is at midnight or during the day. Um, if one is unable to make a minion there, then Baruch Hashem in LA, we also have a minion that uh, you could do it before Mincha time. And it's not a problem. One should not say that, because the main time of dinim, of judgments, is only at night. Not Mincha time is getting towards judgment, but again, Rav Avadi brings another proof. We say Vayavor at Mincha time. So still, and the main part of Slichot, and I would be doing a disservice if I wouldn't tell you this. Rav Avadia, I was one of his shiurim. He says, what's the secret of Vayavor, the 13 attributes of mercy? Because the Gemara says it never comes back empty. If we say it, Hashem always forgives us. So Rav Avadia said a beautiful thing. The rift, the Alfasi, in the Gemara Sanhedrin, uh, Rosh Hashanah Yud Zayin says 
It doesn't say say it. It says Yasulafana, do it. Which means it's not lip service. The, one has to learn like the, do you know Shani the Mida Khanun, you know what Khanun is? Rahu means God Hashem is merciful. Khanun means that Hashem gives to us even though we don't deserve. Like Rav Munsafi brings a benching when you say Hazanitaulam Kulo Bechen means Hashem is so such a great father and king to us that even though we don't deserve to have such luscious and super deluxe Ali first class food, Hashem gives the world much more than it deserves. Wow. So Ravavadya brought that it's not a magic lip service thing to say the 13 attributes and you're automatically going to be... And that's why we have to say it again and again. We have to inculcate these 13 attributes and learn what they mean. Right? Do it. Be the 13 attributes of emulating the Almighty. Then um, Hashem, Be'ezat Hashem would forgive us. There's a wonderful sefer called the Sefer HaChinuch. Um, and just to finish up, to review, it comes out of gray zone. For those that live in Israel, for sure, they should not participate in the first half, slichot in the first half of the night. Outside Israel, it comes like a little bit of a, it seems that if there's um very live stream slichot and it causes a lot of inspiration to people, mm-hmm. it, it one can, um, or it causes like many people will come learn Torah, which is obviously the greatest zechut is to learn Torah during these days. There's no more powerful uh, uh, mitzvah that we could uh, put in our chest and on, on the scale than Talmud Torah can I get kulam. So it comes out that uh, if outside of Israel, as long as it, if in Israel it's past midnight, it's not the wrong time, right? Um, one can possibly, um, you know, be uh, lenient. Hashem should accept our tefillot and forgive us all and give everybody a happy and healthy new year. Amen.